Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. so tiny you have a tiny little face <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the maker vision podcast for episode 73 we're talking about shipping and delivery Charles going to talk about shipping i'm going to talk about delivery also, and also tiny faces tiny faces yeah you were very tiny on my screen for some reason so, i think we face. should just leave like that a little bug itty bitty little space so what's up We'll see how good of an episode this is, because we recorded the other day, so everyone can have episodes while we're out of town, but I really just have vacation on the brain. Like, I am on final countdown, T-minus, like, 20 hours, and I'm out of this place. I'm ready. Do you ever not have vacation on the brain? Um, Yeah, when I don't have one planned, but I think for the past, like, I think since we've known each other, I always have a vacation coming up. <laughs> I think so. It's like, oh, well... There's one coming up, or a weekend trip, or something. It's really funny because, so as I was saying on the episode that comes out before this one, like, I need to get a job, I need to have people skills again, I've become, like, a pretty big introvert since I've started working at home. So, like, it takes, like, I have to, like, mentally prepare myself to travel now. Like, I'm, I have to leave my house, I have to leave my comfort zone, I have to leave my dogs, so it's like this whole workup. So it's funny that I end up going out of town a lot because it takes like a lot of like encouragement to myself to get there. You have to get on a plane. You know, I don't like that. So that's, I was trying to avoid that one. So I didn't get all worked up in my head. You have to do it again in February. I know by myself. I think I'm just going to drive to Vegas and we can fly together. Then I have the buddy I mean, system. You can. <laughs> it's funny as you're like, you always have vacations planned. I might be back in Vegas in March. So seriously, yeah. <laughs> well, February is WorkbenchCon. Yeah, so it would be end of March into beginning of April, but that just came about last night. So we'll see if it happens. I think my only vacation planned is well next weekend, which is just a long weekend, mm -hmm. and then WorkbenchCon. That's it. Oh, and then December, which is <laughs> forever away at the moment. Well, yeah, it's a it's a year away. Well, that's going to be our big trip for the year. Are you guys going back to Disney World for that one? We are, because our kids love it. You guys should do a Disney cruise. I want to eventually. I looked at it. It is so expensive. But it's Holy like cow. everything's in it. You know, it's all in, like, that's to your little going to the islands and doing stuff. All your food's included in that. Not all your drink, I've heard. I don't think it includes... Uh, in, what is it? What is it? I don't think it includes alcohol. And, yeah, excursions. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. I guess there's this way, like, if you become, I think, to be a blogger or something like that for Disney, or to be able to blog about Disney, you have to have done, like, every 
travel plan option there is for Disney. So you have Holy to cow. do like the cruises. You have to have gone to Disney World, Disneyland, all that stuff. Like there's all this criteria. So I don't know if it's to be able to be like an affiliate of Disney. Like they have certain criteria what it is. But my friend's wife was trying to do it. And I was like, dude, I know how much you make a year. How is this possible that you guys go on so many Disney trips just so she can be able to like blog about Disney? Sometimes you can find pretty good deals because once a year they come out with, uh, if you go book a, well, for Disney World, if you Mm -hmm. book a vacation for at least like four days or something, they'll give you a free quick service dining plan, which takes care of your food, which is kind of nice. And if you happen to live near a park, like within driving distance, it's not too bad. But when we priced out Disney World, it was cheaper to go to Disney World for the same amount of time than it was to go to Disneyland, which we can drive to. That's crazy. It's because the hotels at Disneyland are just so much more expensive. Well, there's not a lot available if you want walking distance. Exactly. Well, like the Disney hotels, I should say. Yeah. Because we stayed at one last year and I was like, for the amount of money and like the quality of the hotel, these don't match. But being able to park my car and never get in it again for three days was awesome. When we went to Disney World last year, we took the sh- they they had the shuttle from the airport to the hotel, and then from there we just took buses to the park and whatever park we wanted to go to. Like you didn't need a car the whole time. I feel like you're going to be really disappointed at Disneyland after going to Disney World. I think there's like. There's definitely rides we wanted to do that uh, only Disneyland has, mm. which is part of the reason why we're going, is we've never been there before. I think eventually we want to hit like every Disney park, so like the one in Paris. You gotta watch that show on Disney Plus, the Imagineering thing, because the Paris one apparently is just like Disneyland. And yeah, so, but it's in Paris. huh? But it's in Paris. Yeah, but I mean, so you have to do everything else to make it enjoyable because if you're going to the park, you're like, yep, I've done this before. But the one in Hong Kong is supposed to be completely different and like more yeah. thrilly than like Disneyland or Disney World. When our kids are older and they're tall enough for everything, I think we're going to try to save up and go to ones that are out of the country. Partly because. I also want to go out of the country. <laughs> I've been to France before for work, and I liked it a lot, but it wasn't Paris. I haven't been to Paris. Got it. But I was like, you know, instead of buying them plastic toys for birthdays and Christmas, why don't we take them somewhere? That's what we usually try to do for January. Like our, It's like a Christmas gift travel thing but it's so hard to like actually be gone for the holidays so this is yeah. the time of year we try and do something big so we like last year we did disneyland we did seattle the year before we're doing mexico this time around that's why i got all the stripper ones so <laughs> <laughs> you might want to explain more about that i think I, so i had to go to the the bank yesterday and i had to go in and get three hundred dollars in ones because it's we're staying in an all-inclusive so it's nice to have tip money so it's easier to like tip in American money than pesos. 
So I asked for $300 in ones on a Friday afternoon and the teller could not keep a straight face. And then telling him it was tip money really didn't help my case at all. No. And then no, I was no. like, but I, I, so I was like, what's the exchange rate right now for pesos? And then he was like, oh, I finally get it. Like I finally got myself out of it. But he, he was very professional. He tried very hard to keep a straight face. So <laughs> see if it was me, I'd have been like, it's going to be that kind of weekend, huh? <laughs> So, so yes, funny. I told you this was going to be like an hour talk of us just thinking about vacation. But that's what I'm working. I have nothing I'm working on right now because I have a pickup today and then I am done. So I'm on. I got vacation on the mind. I have one sign to ship out, which is easier to do because it's the normal sizes. But then I have the large trotty golf backlit LED one. Which I need to crate. Isn't that one going to LA area? Yeah. See, why don't you just drop it off next week? It's going to Carlsbad. Go through San Diego and then go up to LA. You know, I have definitely thought about it. I don't know. This is one of those cases where if I wanted to deliver it, I'd have to convince the guy to let me do so. Because he has to be there, and it would be on a, well, it'd be on a Friday. I don't know if he'll be there though. Hmm. But I, I've How highly about debated that it for your YouTube content. Well, I'd have my kids with me. I don't know that I'd film. Well, they could be your videographers. My wife might be able to. My kids, she would I'd, be they'd probably able see to, this guy. Would she? <laughs> She'd be like, "You doing what?" They're. Carlsbad's like an hour from Disneyland, I think. An hour south. 55 minutes. Did you not trust my map? No, I was... <laughs> no, I don't trust it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I knew it was about an hour. I was actually... While it's on my mind, I was messaging the guy to ask him that question. Because I forgot that we're driving there on a Friday, not a Saturday, so he might actually be at work. Hmm. So is his whole job golfing? So he works for TaylorMade. Ah, uh, okay. And his title is like Director of Global Tours. So he tours with the PGA. Like he'll go, so I guess, which I never knew this, but... Suppliers will have, like, trucks at the PGA tournaments mm -hmm. or the events where if something breaks, they can work on it on site. And he travels with that and he helps build up clubs and he helps spec them out. And I guess they've gotten better and more advanced with that. And he also now walks the course with players and tries to get their thoughts on the clubs they're using and hmm. get feedback and stuff it seems like a really cool job but from the from the people i've talked to in the golf community like they all know him hmm. he's been really good about i guess i guess taylormade's been like giving the marketing team like full will to go out and create social media content around stuff mm -hmm. 
as long as it's not like something super secret. So they've been his channel's been good just as like a hobbyist golfer to just watch and be entertained. So it's like yeah, he works for TaylorMade, but I don't feel like like obviously that's the clubs he's showing off on his channel. But he just seems like a pretty cool dude to know. I so, want, so how much would it be for you to ship that package? Oh, probably over $100. That's more than a tank of gas. Well, so on this one... And then it saves you packaging materials. So this He really actually gave me the corporate uh, oh. shipping account. But Got it. I still have to buy the materials to crate it up. Got it. But you're right. If... If it's only an hour out of the way, I'll just be like, hey, honey, got to drop this off. So, that, I mean, so that's perfect into our topic, shipping and delivering. You, oh, you, like 99% of the time, ship your stuff out, even if it's giant. You may actually have to pull me in and deliver this one. I never ship. I've shipped the project to you, and that was the first one I think I had shipped in a year. But Josh can tell you, I obviously don't like going to the post office. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, first let's talk about, like, delivery in person. Like, we've both done it, but you definitely do that as the yeah, primary. Pretty, yeah, because, like, all my smalls that I do are obviously no big deal to do an exchange. So it's either, like, come swing by and pick it up. Because a lot of these people, I've either, like, had a relationship with social... Not, like, a relationship, but a lot of interaction on social media. So, it's, like, you can come by the house. It's no big deal. Or, like, I can drop it off to them. But for all my bigger ticket stuff, I always do delivery and set up myself. That way, like, I know it's done right in the way I want it done. And then there's the stuff... You so it helps when you go to the house to begin with and you can measure out and check out the space so you know how to get it back in and the way you need to assemble it in order to be able to get it through their house and what entrances you have to use and everything. Towards the end, like the middle of the year, I finally learned my lesson and start, just started using U-Haul big vans and being able to take larger items in one piece versus how I was doing it before and building it in sections and then doing the rest of the assembly on site. And that one of them took all day. I thought it would take me like an hour to put it together on site. And it took me like six hours. I was like, this is exhausting to get it like leveled to the, the tile floor, which, you know, tiles never leveled, you know what I mean? To get the cabinets put together and then put the face frame on all that, like, and attach the top. I was like, this is too much because it was a wall to wall unit. So then I'm literally like, on a like a step stool trying to climb over the unit to get to the other side of the unit and climbing back over and then like pushing it in place i was like this is a freaking workout and i didn't even like build that into it you know what i mean like i didn't think it would take that long and then you have cleanup after yourself and like so taking a shot back a little broom like tack cloth all that touch up paint it's like this is freaking nightmare so the last one what i did with the u-haul was like this is amazing it took me like 15 20 minutes maybe to just push this thing in set it up and walk out it's not so bad yeah (laughs) but it's i mean let like there's a learning curve involved like how you want do you want to bill in with the charge of a moving truck 
and then your time for delivery, do you want to have them pick it up and have them potentially screw up the piece and selling it themselves? You know, like, does that ruin your warranty that you're giving the item or what? You know, like. I think you'd have to have them sign some kind of contract as far as I accept that if I damage this warranty is or if I pick it up myself warranty is void or something yeah and then it sucks because if they like manhandle it and then scratch it you still have to go back out there and touch it up or and a lot of like some of the stuff I've delivered they're like I'm having a party like this afternoon so it's like I have no time to fix whatever damage you did and now you're showing off my work that looks like garbage because you screwed it up so usually with delivery stuff there's I guess the inherent risk of you hurting yourself or mm-hmm. doing damage. So how I th- I thought that most companies had to have some kind of I don't know I don't know if it's an insurance policy or some kind of license for installation of stuff. To my understand, well, I'm not securing any of it to the wall. So to okay. my understanding, if I did that, I could be completely wrong. If I did that, then I would need an LLC so that I can protect myself from being sued and they would just sue the business if anything, like if I got hurt at their house. But I'm also not a licensed handy person, handyman, so I can't technically attach anything to the walls and secure it. So what I do is recommend one of my buddies who's licensed, so if they want the earthquake straps or anything like that done, then he'll come out and do them or they can do them themselves. For because okay. it's over thirty six inches, I believe it's supposed to be strapped to the wall. You mean height wise? Yeah, because yeah, there's all like sounds... if you technically get into like the legalities of furniture building, like there's all this like tip test stuff, like and the earthquake straps and like how to secure it to the wall. But I try and set it up to where I protect myself legally. Like. This is now your item. You're responsible. Like, I was just responsible for the assembly. You're responsible for, like, not having it fall on you. Don't be an idiot. Like, this is its intended purpose is to hold DVDs, not a person. So. (laughs) Children don't always pay attention to that. (laughs) Do you always have them come to your house? If it's something that you Um, have to pick up? Not. It just kind of depends how it works out. I'm pretty centrally located and off the freeway, so a lot of times they're like, oh, you're five minutes from my office, and you're on my way home. Like, I can just swing by, because I'll be like, these are my cross streets, what's the easiest way for you? And then go from there. But it's not like, when it's a complete stranger, then it's a different story. That's that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, because some of these people that I've worked with, like, I've done, like, presentations at their offices before, so then okay. it's like I've had that interaction, like, and then they know people that I know kind of stuff like this one i don't want them to come pick up because i don't want to say that i'm going out of the country and i don't want them to see what i like not that i don't trust this person because Mm -hmm. they're another business owner in town but i don't want to say like oh you have to get it today because i'm going out of the country yeah you see my house and now it's going to be you know just my mom here for the next six days type thing yeah so yeah sometimes i have a meet me at Starbucks because it's right on the corner mm-hmm. next to my house. If if it's something small, if it's something where they're dropping off that something they want engraved and they want to see what it would look like, so we do like a test. Mm-hmm. Th- those 
I usually just have them come by. It's like, I'm not going to have meet you to pick them up, bring them home, engrave them real fast, go back. <laughs> like It's just not efficient. But you're right. There's a limit to who I let actually come to the house. I'm trying to think the last, the last few pickups I've had are from people that have picked up like that I've done small business with for like a year now. So it's not like anything uh, and it's never like into the house. It's always like, I usually have the garage rolled down anyways, like, so you can't see, and then you can't come to my doorway and see what I have. You know what I mean? I don't let anybody in my actual house. I had one pickup for the charcuterie boards. Nope. It wasn't even a charcuterie board. It was something I didn't post that I made. It was like a little serving tray, but she's bought for me. I think this is like her fourth time. And she's like a real estate agent. So I'm like, I'm sure you're used to going into people's houses and stuff like that. So you're, you're trustworthy. But she just comes to like the front yard and says, I'm here. And then I go run it out and then come back in. Yeah, I usually just meet him in the garage. I'm trying to think. I have someone that ordered something. I think when I got back from AWFS with you and she still has yet to pick it up. So that's at least it's small. It's paid for. But I'm like. Do you want me to drop it off to you? Like, she just doesn't care. She's like, oh, I'll get it eventually. Like Storage fees. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking of, too. Like, I don't do it. It's, so, it's just a name puzzle. So it's really small, but like. It's at, still taking up space. At what time do I start charging a storage fee? I think if it was a bigger ticket item, obviously, I'd be like pissed by now that it was taking up space in my house. But yeah. because it's like six inches by 20 inches, I don't care. It drives Amanda crazy. <laughs> it would drive me crazy. Because I would... The thing that I would get into is... It would just be in the way. And then I'd probably forget about it. And then I'd forget where I put it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's rare that... I deliver in person. But occasionally it happens. Most of it's, most of it was in the later part of the year. It was just my friend coming by with stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, you've been in my house." <laughs> well, that and I have the ring doorbell, so I can usually see when yeah. stuff's happening for afterwards. Like if anything happens, like I can usually see if anything's going on. And I'm super paranoid about like if we get something new for the house, like a big ticket, like we bought a TV a couple months ago. Like that box, like I'm super paranoid about putting it in my own garbage can now because if someone goes through my garbage cans, I don't want them to know I got a brand new TV. Does that make sense? So like going, I don't, I guess I'm not as concerned about them going like through my trash. Like they can find out way more than the fact that I have a TV (laughs) to go through trash. But if, uh, if I get a, something that has a large box, I will actually cut it down into small enough pieces to throw it into the recycling can and not be just like a box on the corner. But my neighbors bought like 65 inch TV and just had the box laying right outside. I don't like that. No, me neither. So Amanda's office moved this week and we had this whole time we've had all the new furniture in our living room. And then I've been slip like I started building it. And took it to the new office. But then some of that stuff was like a new mini fridge. 
And then what was the other big, we bought a coffee pot. So that box and then something else that was a big like expense box ended up here because I assembled everything and took it over there. And then my son was like, do you want me to throw all those boxes in the back of your truck so you can drop them off in their dumpster tomorrow? And I was like, nope, because I don't want anyone to come look at the back of my truck tonight and see like all this expensive stuff, even though none of that was even at our house anymore. Like it was just the boxes that were still here. I was like, that's all I need is some idiot to think, oh, they got a brand new whatever. And then like monitor boxes and stuff like that. And then come try and get into my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always try to break it up small enough to fit in the garbage. And if it doesn't fit in the garbage can this week, I will hold it for a week in the garage and then put it in the next week. I totally feel you on that one. Shipping. (laughs) Oh, with delivery, my thing, always take stuff to clean up after yourself. That's my pro tip for you. Do not ask your client or customer if you can borrow their vacuum or their broom or anything like that. Be a pro. I have the five gallon Home Depot bucket that I take like my little tools in. This is my, I call it my John Ayala bucket because John Ayala does it. So you have all your like gear that you need and it always has a little dustpan with a little tiny broom in it. And then always pack tack cloths to be able to wipe it down really good too when you're done. Because those things are so good at cleaning. Some Swiffer pads. Be professional. I would also suggest that you park on the street and not in their driveway. I never park in people's driveways. So. No, but I've seen people do it. <laughs> I get. Did you ever, like, I guess maybe you never saw, like, my big freak out that I had, a, like, someone come park in my driveway that wanted to go over a design thing. And I, like, was like, I'm not going to do business with you now because you parked in my driveway. Like, I think it, but apparently that's not a thing everywhere. It's almost like a weird violation of your privacy. So apparently in like other states, it's common to park in someone's driveway because there's like not street parking, but I have like abundant street parking and I don't know anyone like out of like my family and friends group that you just go and park in their driveway. Like that's, that's the person's property. Like that's the homeowner's parking spot. There are certain communities that have street parking but the HOA forbids it, mm-hmm. which I don't know how you know which ones those are going to be, <laughs> but those are ones where that drive me nuts. Like ours, we have street parking, and you can see it because everybody's got a car parked on the street for some reason. So I haven't had anybody pull into my driveway here. And actually, I don't know that I've ever had somebody pull in my driveway. That is like a pro. Like it's different if it's like my friends, but I've never had like somebody that's doing work for me or something park in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes the driveway is blocked anyway. So we get tickets here if you block if you park in front of your driveway. Like the city will give you a ticket if you park in front of your driveway. Like, if you don't leave it accessible. Oh. Which is super weird. Like, and if you block the sidewalk, because, you know, you have, well, because we have a sidewalk. Not everyone's neighborhood has it. So, if you park between your driveway, cover the street sidewalk, Mm, and then into the rest of your driveway. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cops, they love to take it like that, because it's good, easy money. (laughs) That's the thing, like. That just makes me feel like a jerk, though. We have a ton of walkers in our neighborhood, so I'm like, don't block the sidewalk. Like, that's just rude. Yeah. Well, that I totally get. We also have, 
I mean, it's Vegas. Like, you've got to think that the city doesn't have the resources to go around to every neighborhood and look for violations. But somehow, every year, like, our, our yard won't really be that bad, but we'll get a notice <laughs> that we need to clean our yard or we're going to be in violation and have to pay the city. I'm the only house that seems to get this warning when the house across the street has a yard full of four foot long weeds. Or they get the warnings and they just don't care. So I don't, well, no, like, you don't have, because you can see on our ring doorbell, like, it oh, picks up stuff far enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when they hand out warnings, somehow we're the only one around us. So I feel like it's one of our neighbors that's, like, reporting it. <laughs> because I called one time to find out what the warning was about because it didn't state it. And they said, yeah, like, we don't have somebody that goes out to every neighborhood. Like, it's only based on reports. Hmm. Like, So I'm being reported by somebody in the neighborhood. I'm like, you all are dicks. Because... <laughs> Out of all the yards in our neighborhood, there's one with, like, garbage in their front yard. There's one with, like, broken shit in their front yard. Mine had a weed. I'm sorry, my, I'm sorry that I work for a living and haven't had time to pull the one weed. I have, like, actual grass, so I have a landscaper. I don't have grass. I just have rocks. So, yes, be respectful. Even if you're just doing a consult, anything it's good, like, just be respectful. Wipe your shoes off before you go in someone's house. Another pro tip. If you can, have a either a set of shoes for walking in the door or like the things that cover your shoes so you don't track stuff in. That's funny. I was just texting with Abram about that and he said he always has little boot covers in his truck. Yeah. Because he does, he does stone fabrication, so like countertop fabrication, mm-hmm. so he always goes and measures, so he has little boot covers and stuff like that. So that he can go in people's houses and not make a mess. That's what I see too. Or if you're going to be walking like stuff in, I've seen people put down that like paper. layers of cardboard so that like if they have to set it down they're not setting it directly on your floor. Well, I have, like, I wear work boots all the time because I like to be safe. And I use my feet a lot to, like, hold stuff from touching yeah. the ground so I can lift it up. So I always wear them just to be on the side, like, air on the side of caution. So I have, like, my set for when I'm working that are so they're covered in sawdust, paint, all that stuff. And then I have my nicer set for, like, going into someone's house and doing an install. So they're, like, just as functional but look new and not like I'm a bum. So that nice. way I don't worry about leaving the little cloud footprints all over the place like my house looks where it's just like you can tell where I've been because there's sawdust tracks everywhere. Nice. I gotta get a Roomba. I think my Apparently. dog would eat it though, but I think that'd be great for all my sawdust in the house. Dedicated Roomba in the laundry room because that's my gateway in and out. I always thought it'd be funny if like, because my dogs bark at the vacuum cleaner. I always thought it'd be funny because I could just see, like, the little dogs, like, riding the Roomba like they conquered it. Uh-huh. I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I wonder what my cat would, if my cat would ride it. I always see those cat videos where the cats are on top of the Roombas. They'd probably find a way to damage it. Because <laughs> cats are cats. We were just talking about it. Yeah. Jerks. Pretty much. 
Okay. Now I think we've done um, bill for time for delivery too. Include that. Just wrap it up in your price. Yes. It's not a free And mileage. Yes. And write off your mileage too. Because sometimes, sometimes you will talk to people and they'll be like, oh yeah, I would need that delivered. And you're like, okay, well, it's a small enough town. Like you're probably not that far away. And then you find out they're like an hour away. We'll have to figure that we'll do an episode how Chris was talking from Elevated Grand the other day about how he wraps up his design prices into his quotes and then they can get Mm -hmm. that money back at the end of it. So as we're talking about how we wrap our prices into our overall quotes, that would be a good one too. Yeah, I do that for design. Okay. I think it's almost a must. Dude, it's kind of like any way to make money, do it. Like, the worst they're going to say is no. Well. You're not free. I I agree with that concept, but you also can't be like, oh, I walked from my bedroom to <laughs> no, my garage. I think, <laughs> like, like you have to be reasonable. Owner, yes. Like, your design time, your delivery time, your yes. sourcing materials time, like that kind of stuff. That's what I mean. Like, don't. Same as, like, you're buying a whole sheet of plywood, but you're using, like, a two foot by two foot section. Charge for the whole sheet of plywood. Exactly. Like, and then Which, you... I think that'd be a good topic. So, write it down, because we forget. You write it down. Record again. Someone, take notes. Email us. So Probably okay. Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Teach me about shipping. Shipping is awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, I've had my issues with shipping in the past. No way. I know, right? So I would say 90% of what I do is shipped, if not more. And I have shipped larger things that are like over five feet long. And I've shipped things that are super small too. And if one thing is certain, no matter how well you think you packaged it you didn't (laughs) like you could literally wrap it it. you could literally wrap it in bulletproof material and they'll still find a way to damage it (laughs) because they don't care about it so i've seen packages where there's a foothold through it like it has a shoe imprint into the box like you can actually see the footprint on the box itself so you know they're not treating them properly but aside of like the fact that you know they damage it you kind of have to go in to shipping with the mindset that it's going to be mishandled don't assume that they're going to treat it like you would don't assume that because you put this side up that it's going to stay this side up (laughs) if you put fragile it actually makes it more of a target. <laughs> it's funny that you set this side up thing because I had six desks that I had to take to Amanda's office and build. And on the last one, I finally saw the thing that said this side up. And I was like, God damn it. I just moved all <laughs> and they're motorized. So by the, t- like by the time I offloaded all of them and then I saw that and I was like, Oh my God, what if I just like screwed up all of these? But anyway, usually so, yes. it's just a, like, they just have it on there as a disclaimer it's not usually going to affect it, <clears throat> but I can tell you shipping companies do not respect it because for one, they only have so much room on the truck. 
And if your box is huge, yeah. they're going to fit it on the truck how they have to fit it on the truck. But one thing that... So I've used USPS, I've used FedEx, and I've used UPS. My number one pro tip, ensure everything you ship. <laughs> Along with that, just because you insure it doesn't mean they'll actually pay the claim. Yes. I would say that of the ones that have broken my stuff, USPS has paid out 100% of the claims. UPS has paid out zero. And FedEx has paid out like 50%. Which in FedEx is, they broke two. They paid one of the two. UPS, they broke in like two or three. They paid zero. And then they argued with me for it for six months. And then I finally just got fed up and said, you're never going to pay it out. Just deny it. Like, I'm tired of it sitting as a pending status. And then the next day, they denied it. Like, you knew you were going to deny it this whole time. <laughs> I would say that if you're really concerned about something being broken, and I've learned this over, like, months and years of people breaking my stuff, document how you package it. Because what happens is they don't care how, like, if you don't document how you did it and you just say, oh, it was shipped in this kind of box, it had foam around it, whatever, they don't care. What they care about is what the end user has. So if your customer opens the package and is one of those people that immediately throws out all of the wrapping your claim is almost automatically denied because what they have to do is if it's UPS or FedEx, they go through the claims process where they require proof of damage. They require proof of packaging, like how you packaged it to get it there mm -hmm. to see if it was mishandled by them or your packaging was poor, which if you're really concerned about it, Take it to the FedEx or UPS store and pay to have them package it for you because then you can say, you guys packaged it. It was your fault. On the downside of that, it's like three times more expensive. Yeah. Which can be unaffordable at times. But if you're building it into your price, you can look at that option. But I will say that if it's smaller than like two feet by three feet by like two feet deep or three feet deep. I usually use USPS because I've out of all the packages I've both shipped and received the ones that come from USPS seem to be handled a little bit better. The ones from FedEx and UPS are the ones I've seen with holes punched into them. <laughs> like I received acrylic the other day. And there was a fist hole through the package. Jeez. Somehow the acrylic was not damaged. That's good. And But there was like there was a hole. Like it looked like somebody punched it. They so saw I, your I name don't, and they're like, screw this guy. He always I don't know claims. if like they get really frustrated and just take it out on the first package they see. <laughs> but 
I do find that USPS has been the best at handling packages. So aside of like, you know, the actual shipper, um, it is cheaper. Pro tip number two, it is cheaper to measure and weigh it yourself and do all of the label printing and stuff online than it is to go to a storefront and do it. Keep in mind, FedEx and UPS are trickier because if you need it delivered on a Saturday, you have to check a box specifically for that. If it's going to be a home delivery and not a commercial address, you have to check a box for that. You have to um, be more accurate with your, like if your box is 21.3 inches wide, mm -hmm. you have to mark it 22. Because they're going to go in and double check those numbers and they will upcharge you if you measured wrong. So always round up, never round down. The same with weight. If it's 12 pounds, 3 ounces, and they only have, or 12 pounds, 3.2 ounces, they don't have uh, decimal points. You have to go to a whole number. So you'd have to round up mm -hmm. again. So little things like that will make it easier. The other thing is with FedEx, they charge you at the end of the month, not as you ship it. So, like, you'll say, this is my account. Oh, got it. Charge it to my account. And at the end of the month, they bill your account. So, if you're not aware of that, it's going to throw you off. And it did the first time I did it. Yeah. That sucks, kind of. Like, if you didn't know that. I didn't. And it yeah. was. And then it I was like, I thought I already paid books. this. Yeah. UPS will charge you per shipment. But they. I found that UPS. No matter. If I overestimated all the dimensions and I overestimated the weight, somehow I'm always wrong and they always upcharge me. <laughs> I just don't, I personally just don't like shipping with UPS. I've never had a good experience with them and I've stopped using them. I think it was last year that I shipped something out through, I went to UPS and they're like, it's going to be 40 some odd dollars. I was like, ah, and I went to USPS and they're like 15 bucks. I was like, cool, thanks. So... <laughs> So I had to drop something off with UPS once and I was like, oh, I'm here. I'll just see what it costs to get this small envelope shipped. They wanted $20 to ship an envelope <laughs> ground. I went to USPS and it was like $1.50. <laughs> it's like, you guys are absurd. It's so it's the amount of money that these shipping services make is just astronomical. Like I was in, I had to do a, Amazon return yesterday. So it was at UPS and I was mm -hmm. like, it's like, so the line's long and I'm looking around and I was like, this highlighter is like 450 for one highlighter. You know what I mean? Cause they have like a little yeah. bit of merchandise in there. I was like, this isn't just, it's insane. And people pay that cause it's, they're paying for convenience. Oh yeah. I'm like God, like it's just nuts. I totally agree. But I guess that's it's... how they can staff four people that, sit around and do nothing all day so yeah it's insane the one thing i will say is if you ship large stuff that's larger i forget the actual dimension but usps has a limit on how big the package can be once you exceed that limit you have to go with somebody else mm, 
like a freight service type thing? I typically use FedEx. I, I mean, in the past, I've used UPS, and I never had great experiences with them. So I switched more to FedEx. I think some people use DHL and some others. But just go into it knowing that, you know, they're not going to handle it well. It is cheaper to do it online than it is in store. With USPS specifically, there's a website called pirateship.com that gives you discounted USPS rates. So if it's, say it would be like, I don't know, $15 for a flat rate on the USPS website, it might be like 13 something on pirate ship. So it's, I mean, it's not a lot, but when you ship a lot, it adds up. So that's one suggestion on a place to do your labels and stuff. It's pretty easy to do, pretty intuitive. Same concept though. If you want insurance, there's like an extra box for it. Uh, just make sure you're paying attention to everything when you're filling it out. Is your stomach growling? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but lately, what I've been doing is uh, wrapping, so if it's a sign, I wrap it in a lot of bubble wrap. And then I will put a layer of brown craft paper in the box. I will also surround the whole thing with craft paper so that it can't move very much. Mm -hmm. And then I will seal it up and I will shake it. And I'll see if I can hear it moving. And if it can't move or I'm not hearing it move, then I, I'm like, okay, it's good to go. If I hear it moving, I will open it back up and I will shove more paper in there. <laughs> when you shipped my boards back to me, one of the corners was all smashed in. So it's like, let me take a picture of this before I even open it just to be safe. Yeah. It was fine. It was on the, the craft paper side. But it was that's, like... that's why I tried to shove craft paper around things because they don't handle things well. Well, all. you put so much in there. That's how I didn't find my card until I was throwing the box away. <laughs> <laughs> but it was packaged well enough that nothing got damaged. Yeah. I will say that, like, craft paper is pretty cheap. I forget how much I paid for, like, a giant roll. It's, like, two feet wide, the roll is. And I don't remember how many feet long it is, but I've had it for over a year, and I'd still got, like, half the roll. I wonder if it'd be cheaper to buy, like, the construction paper, like the stuff that I keep on my workbench, like, that you get at Lowe's. So it's like the stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you buy. Because mine seems like a little bit more, it seems a little thicker than the stuff, but maybe because it's a longer roll, like the thickness is a little bit more. But that whole roll is like 12 bucks and it's 36 inches wide, I think. And it's like 50 feet or something like that. Is yours more like a cardboardy mm -hmm. texture? Okay. So maybe that is a little bit thicker than what yeah, I Yeah. So I put that down like when I when I remember I'll put it down on the workbench to do like the oil link and that way it yeah. absorbs it all and my workbench seems fine I guess I should have done that with the epoxy the other day and I wouldn't have spilled epoxy everywhere but Probably. I've never had that happen and now lesson learned I think I'm just going to replace the whole top I'm so pissed do it but do it. I'm actually because it's not that tall I'm probably going to put a new layer of melamine on top of the old one and just make it a little bit taller it's only three quarters of an inch yeah a new thing that I found out or was told by USPS 
was they don't want you to seal your packages with duct tape. That's so stupid. Because they said they told me in quote that it was less secure than packaging tape and would come off. I'm gonna do what I want. That's like, gonna I've that never, be my response. I've never had duct tape ever come off of a box. Packaging tape always comes off. Because packaging tape doesn't have like any real fibers to like Oh my god, you get a little dust under there too? You're done. That thing's yeah. not gonna stick. Duct tape has been awesome. And it's matte black, so duh. <laughs> but still, it's like, why why would it matter what you tape it up with if it's secure? You're pay- it's not like they're providing any materials no. and you're paying for the shipping. They're not doing the shipping for you for it's free. Like personally, so. I don't trust you to not have something. You're like, I'm going to watch you just throw this into the back room right now anyways. Yeah. So let me just use my duct tape. Oh, I shipped magnets to BJ the first time. <laughs> and an envelope that was just like a card and i paid the extra shipping because it was thicker than normal it got to him and it was a completely ripped up envelope all the magnets and stickers were missing and they're just like well it wasn't insured because it was like a letter so i was like okay i didn't pay for insurance because i didn't think i needed it for an envelope i've never had an envelope have an issue it looked like somebody cut it open what if the magnet just cut. stuck to like some conveyor belt and then when they tried to grab the envelope they just ripped out they aren't that strong and then i got nothing it threw me off that was, that was a first for me first so that one didn't even have my name on it <laughs> but i do I do tend to spray paint my logo on boxes so that when the customer gets them, they know it's from me. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You did that. Now Maybe. all the shipping companies have you flagged. Actually, believe it or not, the ones that have been broken never have my logo on it. I don't know. Oh, for shipping supplies. I would try to find somewhere locally for all your boxes if you can, because they're cheaper. Yeah. Then buying them online. Don't buy them at like Home Depot or Lowe's because they're overpriced. Same with UPS. Same with USPS is fine if you're doing flat rate because the box is free. I've also taken the USPS boxes, flipped them inside out, and used them to ship things (laughs) as well. Because like I will take multiple boxes and like mash them together. Which I've done in the past, but I found that if I get a box that actually fits the item versus trying to make my own box, it also has a better chance of surviving. Mm -hmm. And it has a better chance of actually winning the insurance claim. The more you custom build your stuff, the less likely you're going to win a claim. Because they're going to be like, well, what was the pressure rating of the box? Yeah, that makes sense. And if you buy them from, like, Uline, it has that crap in there. If you buy them locally, it's a lot like the Uline boxes, where they just don't always carry larger sizes. But if you're buying, like, small stuff, it's pretty cheap. It's like, I think I bought, like, a 4 foot by 8 foot piece of cardboard from a local place was, like, a dollar or two. Hmm. But like getting it from Uline is by the time you ship it and everything, 
That's ridiculous. Now, if you buy enough from Uline to get free shipping, it's a different story, but... Baller stuff just right there. keep those <laughs> things in mind. I'm trying to think if there's something I missed. If you do ship something to a customer, I I have in the past said, when you get it, if you see damage, take pictures of it, keep all the packaging materials, because when I go to claim it for insurance... They're going to ask all these questions. Yeah, that's good to cover your bases like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, ultimately you have to answer to the customer. And the customer is not going to take shipping broke it. I can't do anything about it (laughs) for an answer. Because, I mean, it's your business. So if you ship a sign and it breaks... Well, guess what? You you have to hope that they pay out the insurance claim because you're still replacing that sign or you're refunding the money if you want to actually have a good review. If you don't care about your reviews and you don't want to stay in business very long, <laughs> do what you want. Pro tip. <laughs> oh, real qu- I think we're sounds like we're wrapping up. So we've decided we are starting the MVP book club. Our first book that we are reading is Every Tool's a Hammer by Adam Savage. You can get a library card and check it out at the library. We learned that after Trevor and I both spent money on buying the book. <laughs> or either it's on Kindle if you want to download it, and it's on Audible if you want to do the audio version of it too. So our completion date to have the book read will be, what did we decide? It was going to be... By February 5th? Be able to discuss it on February 1st. Okay. Because we'll do like a... We'll do a podcast invite, one of our links, right? So Yeah, I think we're going to try to invite people to come on and just talk about the book and what we got out of it. So we have a little... Kind of like a community hangout podcast episode. So if you want to check it out, you're more than welcome to join us. If not, we'll do like a recap of what we learned from it on an episode. So you can message us if you have more questions. I am one chapter in. I've opened it from the box and that's about it. Well, keep in mind that this is also January 4th. I'm one chapter in on January 4th because this episode doesn't release for like two weeks. Yeah. So we'll put it out before this one comes out too. Well, I mean, I might have you do the Instagram this week. And if you have ideas for books, because we're going to try to do one per month. Mm-hmm. So if you have an idea for a book that is, what do you want to say? Entrepreneur, business, yeah, maker like, related? Yeah, yeah. So things that would like basically benefit us and all of the community from a business entrepreneur Motivational. aspect. Yeah, yeah it's, the intent is to learn something that will help us excel in our hustles. Yeah. And I've just really been wanting to read Every Tool's a Hammer, so that's why we started with that one. <laughs> it's actually, I'm, I'm one chapter in, but I, it's good so far. Good. Well, I'm going to p- take it with me, so I'm, I'm sure I'll have downtime to read You'll it. probably read it before I do if you're taking it on vacation. Yeah, but I usually watch Netflix on the plane, so... Read a book instead. That's that's not what I do. I take my Kindle. We have the headphone splitter. Amanda and I watch some kind of series that I've downloaded from Netflix. 
So if I read, then she's screwed. So because apparently we travel all the time, <laughs> so we have it down to a science. She's not screwed. She can still watch it without you. Then I have to go back and watch it. Oh my! <laughs> Actually, I'd fully feel that one because my wife and I were watching some show. And then the next day, she's like, oh, I'm done with that. I'm on episode two. (laughs) She's like, yeah, well, I decided to watch it. Thanks. Rude. She did not do it with Game of Thrones. That's fine. So I'm okay with it. That doesn't hurt my feelings. So anyway, you ready for the after show? I am. So hopefully something good was gained from this episode. Hopefully. If you have questions about shipping websites or things like that, let me know. If you have delivery questions, ask Martina. Ask for help. Get some buddies. Have a crew. Pay them in beer. That's the easiest way I found. (laughs) I think it was funny when you said have a crew. It sounded like you're going to start a rap battle or something. No, it's a dance crew. (laughs) That would be... Okay, if there was a channel that made stuff, and then when they delivered it, they had a dance battle. Quick little flash mob. That'd be hilarious. A little dance off. Alright. I need to stretch On to my the legs. after show. Yeah, okay. after show. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at makervisionpodcast or join the Facebook group Makervision Tribe. Hold for radio silence. Please edit this mouth-breathing out. Quick side note. Have you seen Secret Life of Pets 2? No. There's a part in there where, like, the cat's trying to teach the dog how to be a cat. And it was like, okay, walk around the computer, walk on top of the keyboard, kick the coffee onto the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is exactly how cats act. Like jerks. (laughs) Yes. But anyway.